What's up, everybody? Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Appreciate you for tuning in to the Big Sky Breakdown. This one, just two guests. Mike Ryder, former Bobcat football player and coach, played at MSU in the late 2000s, was the captain of the 2010 Big Sky Conference championship team, and then coached at Montana State as a secondary coach for several years. He's also coached in high school ranks as well, coaching at Billings West, his alma mater. And he's also done some color commentary on the MSU radio broadcasts. He's joining us once a week this year, which is a, a very great get for us. He's a guy that knows a ton about football. So we talked all about MSU's 40-0 win uh, at Weber State and uh, some of the schematic and systematic improvements MSU's made defensively uh, across the board that helped them pitch their first Big Sky Conference shutout since 2006. We also hear from... Sean Howie's the defensive line coach at Montana State. I'm writing a story just about the way that the ins and outs of their defense works, particularly the the dance that they do up front with all the uh, different line games that they play and the ability to move guys around and the ability to really confuse different opponents. Uh, pretty impressive the way that they're operating right now. So we hear from Sean Howe, his debut here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Appreciate all of our great sponsors of the Big Sky Breakdown, including the Hype House. They have great spin classes, super efficient, 45-minute workouts. You're in, you're out, you're sweating. You got the heart rate up, you're feeling good. I promise you, if you take 45 minutes for that, you'll be more productive throughout the day. Hype House located at Tool Avenue in Missoula. They also have great strength classes as well. Good for your functional strength, your explosiveness, all that sort of stuff. Go check out the Hype House, hypehousestudio.com. And also thanks to all the rest of our fine sponsors here at the Big Sky Breakdown, including Blackfoot Communications, Opportunity Bank, Town Pump, and Westpac Wealth. We'll get this thing kicked off with Mike Ryder, contributing analyst here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Big Sky Breakdown, and now we're back into another year of Big Sky Conference play. Crazy. I can't believe how much Big Sky Conference football I've watched and taken in, and I can't believe how much it's evolved, and I can't believe how much I still love it. So happy to be here with you, and happy once again, his weekly appearance, to be joined by Mike Ryder, a former Bobcat football player and coach, a guy that's been around the game in a variety of ways uh, over the years, and uh, a great friend of mine. love talking ball with Mike uh, each and every week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, Mike, Thanks for joining us, man. I know you're swimming a little bit. You're on daddy duty. All three kids, just you. Mom's out of town, so I appreciate you for squeezing us in, man. How you doing? You getting by? I'm getting by, man. Thank you. It uh, It's apparent uh, that moms are a whole lot better than dads. So uh, I know we play an important part, but my wife's a saint, and it's been a lot of fun, special time with my kids, but she gets home late tonight and uh, just in time to rescue me. I'm appreciative. Yeah, of course, that's for some of our followers that follow our track and field coverage. Mike's married to uh, formerly Danielle Mirai, who is now uh, Danielle Ryder, and uh, she was a great athlete, great multi-event athlete there at the uh, MITS State for the Cats. So uh, always fun to know that the, the former Cats and the former athletes from around the big sky uh, are doing well. Uh, let's talk about this last week in Ogden. I, I definitely thought Montana State going to Ogden would be – I was probably leaning that they, they, they were going to be the favorite in that game, and, and I thought that they would go down there and win, but I thought they'd have to play really well to win, and I thought it would be a you know a hard-fought slugfest like it has been so often when Montana State plays Weber. But goodness gracious, man, Cats just bulldozed Weber State. And it was a no contest. They, yeah. they won 40 to nothing, and they could have won 49 to nothing if they didn't miss so many kicks. So uh, were you surprised at all? Or, I mean, what, what did you think of this statement win by the Cats on Saturday? Yeah, I start by, one, giving credit in, in uh, you know, offensively and defensively. I think the only question mark that came out of there was some hiccups on the uh, on, on the kick, um, kick game, right? But, uh, you know, offensively and defensively, I mean, they were lights out, and so I'll give credit there. But 
I, I, I will say I was uh, really underwhelmed with Weber. Um, uh, Quarterback-wise, there were some pretty easy rhythm throws in terms of some open slant windows and some some dig throws that that looked open and and uh, their quarterback Weiser he, he looked off entirely. I mean he, he was not comfortable. Um, the offensive line I felt like uh, you know for being having some veteran guys and pretty aggressive just didn't didn't look very good. And so um, I think a lot can be credited to the strength in the trenches on both sides for the cats. I know that we saw the improvement that they made two weeks ago against South Dakota state. Um, and then step into conference play and they dominated in, in, in the front seven on both sides. So um, I think, uh, you know, you give credit to Montana state. That's a huge statement victory. And uh, you know, was really impressed by that. But I also, I wonder in totality, how good Weaver is. I think they'll still be right in the middle of the pack with the with the big and big side conference play, but they've got a lot of improvement to do. Well, two takeaways from it are one: one of Weaver's biggest advantages when they play anybody is the fact that they have the fastest kick returner in the country. I mean, Abraham Williams is the best kick returner in the United States of America now that you know Rashid Shaheed scoring touchdowns in the NFL and Malik Flowers was, is gone yeah. at Montana. I mean, Abraham Williams is the dude when it comes to returning kicks. Weber gets so much of their field position and subsequently then their offensive production from his kick returns. I mean, they, he's you know he scored five times on kick returns in the last something like 14 or 15 games. So, I mean, he's a... He's a touchdown every three times he touches it, basically. And uh, guess what? They didn't get any kick returns on Saturday. They they intentionally kicked to him the first time, and then they completely smothered him, and then they kicked it in the parking lot every time after that. So you know, it's one of the little things I think that really negated what Weber likes to do. Yeah, oh, little but huge, right? I mean, it's, huge to us as viewers, it seems so small. But as you hinted at, I mean, that field position game and that's giant, and it's hard to cover kicks and guys like that. They just get more and more confident. All they need is a small crease, right? And it just becomes this belief that, like, hey, we're going to pop one here. We're going to pop one here. And it just is this belief system. And so if you take that out of the equation, uh, you know, it, it just decimates your your morale. And then, Coulter, look, they, they've they've lost now, what, four straight games to the Cats? That's right. Uh, and, they've lost in, and they've lost in some tough ways, right, given the, the, the snapping debacle. And then uh, you know losing the playoffs, and then the, the the night game two years ago down there that was just a um, a juggernaut and, and a slugfest. I just eventually that wears on you as a team. You can't. You just haven't gotten over the hump, and you could see just the belief wasn't there. As soon as they got punched in the mouth and things didn't go their way, and and the Cats got some momentum, it it just it just steamrolled, and and they they didn't have a whole lot of belief in their eyes. And I think the Cats just seized the momentum and never looked back. The other point, touching on what you were touching on, is that if you know what Montana State's doing schematically up front defensively, it's it's really cool to watch. It, it's it's almost like each of the four defensive linemen, they read off of each other, and it's sort of like this delicate dance that they do. This guy goes this way, this guy goes that way. So they play some sort of improvisational line games that it's not necessarily a call where there's – sometimes it is. Sometimes they do have a defined, you know, slant or, you know, I'm going to shoot this gap. But a lot of times it's just playing off of each other. When you had guys like Daniel Hardy and Troy Anderson who are just absurdly fast and just com- completely erase the edge, a lot of times that stuff goes unnoticed. 
Last year they were doing this sort of stuff with the same group, but they were playing off of each other and they weren't quite in sync, and so they would get gashed. Now this group is completely in sync, and the, the delicate dance looks like a beautiful dance now. And I think that Weber State had no ability to handle it. I think they were completely and utterly crossed up. Their line was getting no push. They couldn't locate any of the, the Montana State defensive linemen. And then all of a sudden, guys are running free. You got five sacks, and the linebackers are completely clean. No hands on the linebackers. And, oh, by the way, Montana State tackles a heck of a lot better in the secondary this year, too. I think all those things, combined with Weaver's offensive struggles, uh, really played a hand as well. So, I mean, just tell me about that part. I mean, what do you think of just what Montana State's doing up front? Yeah, I think it starts by uh, what you mentioned on the inside, Colter. They just look uh, they look more athletic. Uh, they look stronger, and there's just more of a pass rush and a feel. And, and everything is about reps. You, I mean, you're, you're a year removed from what was kind of a, you know, maybe a, more of a junior inside group that hasn't played a ton outside of Sebastian Valdez, but even he looks better, right? They, but you can just see the growth and the maturation, uh, both physically and mentally, and it's paying off as they've really hung and gone toe-to-toe with some of the really the, the best O-lines in the country. Very impressive. And I think that the guy that keys it all is the big boy in the middle. I mean, they got great talent on the edges. Brody Greeby it might be a borderline NFL guy at this point. Ben Seymour, super explosive. Kenneth Iden, I think, is one of the most improved players in the Big Sky Conference. But Sebastian Valdez is the dude that makes it all go round. And I know he doesn't get very many statistical accolades, but man, I mean, he's the key to it all. He he just eats up so much attention. It's just uh, it's crazy to watch him. He, he's just such a physical specimen on the inside. Yeah, and and he's a he's an all bus team too. Yeah, I mean, boy, and he's the number one all bus guy in the whole up. league, man. Oh my gosh! I mean, I remember seeing him in the last two years on the plane, um, and you know, no pads on, and I, I mean his width, his shoulder width. I mean, it looks like he's wearing shoulder pads. I mean, he is. So physically impressive, uh, you know, coming off the bus. And, and obviously he shows up and he's grinded this offseason. He looks even bigger and stronger. Uh, and he's got some twitch to him. And uh, great kid that works his tail off. It's fun to see all of his hard work come to fruition. Well, now we've seen Montana State play really well defensively against South Dakota State and Weber State. So are you, are you ready to say that the Bobcats are, are the real deal on defense? I mean, are, are we ready to say this is one of the elite units in the country? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, how can you not after back-to-back performances like that? I, I think you have to at the FCS level. Um, and, and they've done so, you know, uh, while also dealing with some injuries, right? A starting corner, uh, you know, a hybrid, do, you know, kind of pseudo starter at, uh, at nickel, losing a defensive tackle in Zach Black, I believe. And so there's there's been some injuries, but the – I think the the tail to the tape, really offense and defense for Coach Vegan is that there has been injuries every single year, and at the FCS level, you just don't have the same depth. But but you 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 only you only get depth by establishing depth, which means you give guys a ton of practice, uh, and they get meaningful reps in practice and in games. And so both defensively and offensively, Coulter, I, I'm just continuously impressed by the guys the the next up mentality. People always talk about that, but to actually, you know, live it and to get guys quality reps uh, in games and in practice, uh, and they just step up kind of that next man up mentality and they deliver. And uh, we've seen it time and time again. And I think that's a testament to 
of course, the kids that are actually out there playing, but it's a testament to those coaches getting them ready. Mike Ryder here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Town Pump. Town Pump got us to Ogden and back, got us to Moscow and back as well. Appreciate Town Pump for keeping us fueled up all season long. Uh, how about offensively? I- I'm still stuck on this because I do think that the dual quarterback system that Montana State runs when both Tommy Mallott and Sean Chambers are healthy is a nightmare for defenses to try to defend. But I also think that sometimes mm-hmm. when one of the two guys gets to be the dude, when they're just the only guy available and they get to get into the rhythm of the game and you can make in game adjustments based on their skill set and the game plan you've installed for them I think sometimes that makes the Bobcat offense a lot better I'm not trying to say that the Cats are better without Tommy Mulata without Sean Chambers that's why they've been so good the last couple years and those two guys have had a hard time staying healthy so having another one uh having a guy ready to roll when one goes out has been an absolute key to Montana State winning however many big sky conference games they've won in a row now that said I don't know. I just feel like sometimes their offense looks like it's in a better rhythm when it's just one guy, and I thought Sean Chambers looked like he was in a great rhythm on Saturday. Yeah, and and it was a really good game plan. Uh, you know, Coach House Wright and company putting that together. I could tell they must have listened to you and I, right? A lot more twelve and twenty-one personnel <laughs> tight ends in the game to to throw into those tight ends. Uh, a lot of you know one and two receiver routes and in twenty-one personnel and a twelve personnel. Uh, with some real good token play action, getting Sean Chambers out of the pocket. You saw some of his really good runs as he got the edge. But then also his, uh, his ability to sit in there, uh, you know, get out of the pocket, get his feet put together, and then throw some really nice balls. That that ball to Trayton Pickering uh, on that corner post was a beautiful route. If you saw the replay, sold the, he sold the post and then broke it off to the corner. Um and, uh, and so I, I thought that they did a really good job of really showcasing what Sean is able to do. I think it's that max pro, uh, you know, run game, run game, run game, play action, max pro, and take a shot. And then getting them on the edge. And then they also mixed in some pretty easy rhythm throws uh, when appropriate. And so, look, they've got two quarterbacks that are very capable of playing. You hinted at it, but when you're on defense – and you've got to prepare for a system like that, it's challenging. It's very, very challenging that the the two styles of play and the weapons, both of them are damn near running backs playing quarterback. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to prepare for. And then, mind you, a quality, talented, physical offensive line plus a, a deep staple of backs that all bring their own thing to the table. It's a really hard defense to stop. It's, I mean, you got all these weapons – and the coaches are doing a good job of, of trying to find, um, you know, touches for each and every guy. It's a really good problem to have. Now Portland State coming to town to Bozeman for homecoming. So the last thing I want to talk to you about, Ryder, is this. Uh, first of all, I, there's there's so much information out there now, and, and everybody from players to coaches to the fans, everybody can follow everything in the click of a button. You can just scroll Twitter, and all of a sudden it's all right there. So – you know when you have a primetime game. You know when you maybe don't have one. Although Portland State has looked, I mean, 150 points the last two games. I know it's against North North American, whoever the hell that is, and Cal Poly, who couldn't tackle anybody last year. But still, 150 points in two games is 150 points. I do think Portland State's in a, a different tier than most of the big sky. They're not quite in that top tier of, of five or six teams that are, you know, I think inside track to the playoffs. They're not quite in that bottom tier of, of – some of the schools that have brand-new head coaches that are totally rebuilding, like Idaho State and Cal Poly and Northern Colorado. And they're certainly a dangerous team. But also Montana State knows, hey, there's these 
four or five powerhouse matchups on the schedule, whether it's two of them that they've already played, South Dakota State and Weber, or the ones that are upcoming, whether it's Idaho or Sac State or, or Montana, uh, the, their remaining road games. So you were a coach for a long time. From a coach's perspective, how do you not have a pitfall here? It's homecoming, lots of distractions going around. But, to, I mean, you got to take Portland State seriously. Portland State's absolutely good enough where if you don't take them seriously and you don't play well, they can absolutely threaten if not beat you. So how do you not overlook the Vikings with so much uh, looming down the road? Yeah, I, I think that comes back to your veteran leadership. Uh, you got guys that are uh, speaking into the team uh, and those captains that they know that there's a you know there's a bigger uh, goal than just beating Portland State. There's a fine line of like, hey, we want to go one and zero. This is important. We've got to go, you know, pay attention to the task at hand. And you, and like a robot, you just need to go perform, do your job. But there's also a grander you know plan and scheme of like, hey, this plays into the Big Sky Conference race. This plays into you know the 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 rankings and the playoffs and you know having home games home games throughout the playoffs like it, it's a bigger narrative out there now in the past in all fairness you know when I was coaching and playing uh, that wasn't necessarily the talk it was get to the playoffs of course you want to you know you're thinking about that type of stuff but look this team has got their eyes set on a national championship all right I mean it's a it's a team that's led by their their uh, their veterans and they keep guys accountable, and I think you're only as good as your leadership, and they've got really good leadership. So as much as you want to have a really good game plan as a coach, and they will, and they'll have those guys prepared, uh, they're at home. It is homecoming. You utilize some of that juice. But you also keep in mind that Coach Barnum, he's going to have those guys ready to go. He always does. He's got something uh, to to fight against the Montanas and the Montana States because they don't have the same budget. They don't have the same recruiting territory. They don't have the same game day experience. They don't have the same – you know, they're going to use the, we're at a disadvantage, let's go down there and beat them anyway. And he's a really good coach doing that, and he'll have his guys ready to go. And I'm sure Coach Beacon's going to relay that to the guys. Mike Ryder, Big Sky Breakdown. He'll join us once a week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Mikey, appreciate it, man, and uh, good luck with the uh, daddy duty all week. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, but to have yourself some fun, and uh, thanks for being here. Thanks, Colton. Appreciate it. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, and we're joined now by defensive line coach Sean Howe of the Montana State Bobcats, and I couldn't tell you how impressed I was with the way Montana State played up front in their 44, excuse me, 40-0 to win over Weber State on Saturday. Uh, Bobcats had four sacks, 
I thought the communication and uh, just the, the intimate dance that these guys do with their scheme was was a beautiful thing to watch. So, Coach, we appreciate you taking a minute. First of all, to start with your group in general, I mean, you must love hanging out with these guys. You got a, a really good group of a really a great bunch of guys. So, I mean, how's it been going so far? You're, you're probably loving your room right now. Yeah, you're you're not far off on that. I uh, I tell you, every day I wake up and I just can't wait to get to these players. You know, they're 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 so much fun. They're you know to be around. And on top of that, you know, they're they're unbelievable guys to be associated with because of the work ethic, the attention to detail, how how hard they work at honing their craft. It's really impressive. I'm, you know, I'm just lucky. Me and Coach Bapp, we're just lucky to be a part of it. Really, all the time we're, we're, we love these guys. Well, one thing I find so fascinating when you study the history of Montana State football is. Montana State has had as many, if not more, great defensive linemen than than any school in the Big Sky Conference. I mean, you go all the way back to the early 60s and the early Big Sky days with guys like Les Langer, all the way through the 70s with the Bill Kohlers and Brad Dows of the world and, you know, Mark Fellows, we can just go on and on and on. Dane Fletcher, Bobby, Brad and Bobby Daly, all these guys have been such great defensive linemen there at Montana State. But it seems like your guys are aware of that and embrace that. So, I mean, how much is that a key to your success to sort of upholding a standard that's existed there at Montana State for 60-plus years? You know, you, you, you hit it right there. It's, it's huge. It's a part of who we are. It's, it's a part of the brand of this place. And, and we know that, and we know the responsibility that comes with that. And... Um, you know, like you said, we celebrate anytime we get a chance to get one of those guys around us, we do, you know, and, you know, I look back to even when I first got here and we had some really, really good D linemen, you know, like a Chase Benson, who's just, who's just about as good as you can be. And Daniel Hardy, who had an unbelievable year for us and went on to play in the NFL. And those guys are almost like big brothers in the room, like almost like these younger guys look up to them. And, and those guys, they looked up to Bryce Sturk and those guys, you know, and so it's like, it just continues. I mean, you know, Tucker Yates, you know, he's out here all the time because he's got, you know, the team practices here and stuff, Gallatin High. And, um, you know, anytime he's around, our guys just, I mean, immediately are trying to be around the guy. You know, we, we really do embrace and love the culture of D-line play at this place. You know, and it's really cool because, you know, even as you run into fans and you and and boosters and people that are coming back, I mean, how proud people are of D line play here. It's kind of a unique thing and something that's special and makes this job so special. We gotta love it when the guys up front get a little bit of glory. So I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, let's talk about the execution on uh, on Saturday against Weber State. Then I mean, Weber has an outstanding offensive line, multiple All League guys, and and they've run the ball really, really well, even against. Good teams like Northern Iowa and great teams like Utah, but you guys stuffed that pretty darn good. They didn't have much going on offense at all. What did you think of your general execution uh, against Weber on Saturday? Well, the execution was good. I, I'll say this is, as much as anything, the guys we have playing around us really do really do their part too, and and so that makes our job and our life easier. But I will tell you, I think our guys – you know, they look and they hear how good Weber State is, and, and deservingly so. And and Weber State's a great group, and they're well-coached, and they always have been, and, and we know that. But our guys look at that as a challenge, and we got a thing in our room we talk about all the time is answering the bell. And when they talk about how good their old line is, we know that we've got to answer the bell, and we've got to get out there, and we've got to take it personal that people that people feel that way about them, and, and we've got to make sure that we're – working our butts off to make sure that that's not the story on Sunday morning, right? The, 
the cool thing about this group is it's not just, hey, show up Saturday and swing for the fences and fight. It's, hey, we're going to prepare like we want to beat these guys all week. We're going to we're going to dive deeper into this opponent. We're going to handle our business. We're going to communicate. We're going to be sharp. We're going to, you know, be on our details and, and let's not leave anything up to chance. And that's like, that's why I said, these guys are such a special group to coach, you know? Well, I love what you guys do up front too, because it, it just seems like it's a, it's a delicate dance, right? I mean, you guys have a lot of different moving parts and you move around so much and you put guys in these great positions to succeed, but it seems like the key to all of that is, is being on the same page, having great communication. So how would you evaluate just the way your unit's communicating right now? You know what? You, 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 you're reading my mind over there. You, that's a heck of a comment by you. And, and when you said it, I caught my ear when you first said it when we got on the call. The one thing I have been hard on these guys about is I've, I've thought that we could do a better job communicating than maybe we did last week. And it was a huge emphasis for us this week. And, and, and it's funny you say that and, and, and that you, sounds, you, know, you kind of were on point with that because we really felt like we communicated a lot better. And the fact of the matter is we, we always say this is if we're going to be precise, we've got to be communicating. If we're going to be, if everybody's going to be on the same page, we're going to be really good. And even if that's communicating to the point of we're all, we're all wrong, as long as we're all wrong, we're all right. You know what I mean? And if we can all get on the same page, we can really move some things around and we can do some, do some good things. But, but that's a, and, and look, communicating isn't something that just happens at Saturday you know, when, when the crowd screaming, so that's something that you do all week. That's something you, you have uh, every meetings about, you know, your pregame walkthroughs about, your pregame meal. We, we t- talk about the tips and reminders. I mean, and those guys, they lock in and they take all that stuff serious, and we did execute communicating-wise. We did execute on a high level this week. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. There is a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Sean Howe joining us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. And it seems like, you know, each guy, like you said, being on the same page is, is so essential, but having a dominant inside guy like Sebastian Valdez, how, how much does that sort of key everything? Well, Sebastian is a, is a special player. He you is. Know, um, He's, he's, you know, you say, if look, if I were to draw one up, I'd draw it up to look exactly like Sebastian, right? But, you know, Sebastian isn't great because he's he's physically great. He, he's great because all the extra he puts in. I mean, this kid called me on Thursday at 530. And he said, Coach, are you out of the office yet? I said, no, not yet, Sebastian. He goes, can you wait 10 more minutes? And I said, yeah. And he said, hey, I just want to watch base down passes with you real quick. And 
the the attention to detail and how how hard that kid works at being great, it, it's really you know it's really inspiring to even coach somebody like that. On top of the fact that you know physically when he steps on a field, I don't believe in my heart that he can be blocked. You know, and so it, 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 he's a special presence inside, and he's done a great job for us. And you know, he's a leader in our room, and um, and uh, he sets a tempo for those inside guys for sure. This group too, just the fact that they've sort of been a group together. They've they've had a couple years now to play with each other. I mean, do you think that sort of helps in that the communication factor, and also just playing together? For sure, yeah, for sure. We, uh, you know, we we there's no question about that. This group is as tight as I've ever been around. You know, and I, I've gotten a chance to be around some pretty special groups, and, and I've been fortunate to have some pretty cool stops where you're working with some high level guys and. These guys are tight. These guys are a unit. They, they. I mean, they just. It, it, it's really, really impressive how, how this many guys can all love each other and all be on the same page, and all. I mean, it, you just. You know, look. I don't care what group or what organization or or coaching staff or. It's hard to get that many guys that just love being around each other, and they do. I mean, it's a room that really embraces everybody in the room. You know, and. They, they hang out together that, you know, they laugh together, you know, but, but most importantly, you know, they're, they're pretty serious about, about making sure that not only that they're doing their job, but that we're holding up our part of the legacy of having a great D line at this university. Well, now the attention turns to Portland state. So, I mean, this, this is where conference play gets so interesting, right? Because you, you go on the road and you beat a top 10 team, but you know, you know, no, no chance to really celebrate, right? You got to, you got to get right back at it and get, get back on prepper, preparing for uh, another tough team. So, um, not just necessarily Portland State specifically, but just that dynamic. You know, not resting on your laurels and and getting too caught up in what you've already done and focusing on what you got to do. How do you go about doing that? And and how do you think this group has done with that the last couple of years? Well, you know, I think this 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 being in this conference really reminds me of my time when I was in the SEC. You know. Every single week, you've got a tough draw. And every single week, you've got a game that can make or break a conference championship. You know, and, and it's like every single week, no matter how good or how bad you did, you've got to turn around and get ready to bow your neck again. And um, this Portland State team we're playing, this is, this is a good team, and it's an athletic team. And it's a bunch of – they've got a bunch of really, really good players over there. And we know what the challenge is. And, you know, and, and the thing that, like you you mentioned there, our guys do a really good job. And I'm not talking about D-line. I'm talking about team. I'm talking about coaching staff. I'm talking about everybody in this organization really does, I believe, a really good job of, you know, either celebrating or mourning a loss. You know, you got 24 hours and then you get over it and you get back to work and you get ready to attack the next opportunity. And I think that's one of the, one of the things that's great about this place. And I think that it's one of the great things about the way Coach Vegan leads this program is, you know, hey guys, we're going to attack the next opportunity. And everybody's bought into that mentality and so we know that there's a big opportunity this weekend, but we know there's a good team that's getting ready to come up to Bozeman and give us their best shot. One, one other uh, story I've, I've been working on for a little while now is, is just the element that you guys' junior class, they have a, a ton of guys that just have natural leadership uh, sort of instincts, like Brody Greeby, Sebastian Valdez, Tommy Malott. And these guys have been sort of – forcing their way to be leaders ever since they first kind of got on the field and broke in the lineup. But but now they're older. Now they've been in the program three or four years. 
do you feel like when right. guys get older and they also already have those natural leadership uh, characteristics, then it becomes easier for them to lead and easier for other guys to follow? Yeah, and you know, I think that is a part of it. And I think the other big piece of that is is you take guys like that that, that you know, Brody, Seabass, these guys, they weren't they weren't where they are now when like when I first got here. Neither was right. Tommy Malat, you know. And these guys have worked hard and, and, and really honed their craft and gotten better. And so what happens now is people look out there, these these other guys that they're leading look out there and see them doing things the right way, see them having some success. And that, that, that as much as anything helps guys, you know, believe in the message that they're putting out there is seeing them work hard and do things the right way. Cause a lot of those guys you mentioned to me lead by example. And, and once those guys decide to talk or decide to put their arm around the younger guys, which is kind of how this program works a little bit is those guys are listened to because they see these guys have a tremendous amount of success by the way they carry themselves and the way they attack the process. You know, and that, that's where I think they get the gain their credibility at. Sean Howe here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, and just improvements you want to see this week, or I guess where are some places you guys can hone in or, or just places that you think you can still make strides? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's, you know, we always talk about it every week is, is did we leave any meat on the bone? You know, was there, was there more we could have done? You know, it, could we have got off blocks and made more plays? Could we have, you know, trimmed the edge on a couple sacks and gotten home a couple more times or whatever? And and you know what? There's a lot of things that we can work on to get better as a D-line. We feel like we're on our way to being a really good D-line. We don't feel like necessarily that we've gotten there just yet. But, you know, the great thing about this group is, and the coaches that, you know, Coach Bapp and myself is, is, you know, we're all about attacking the process to try to to try to gain as much of that meat off the bone as we can get. You know, and there's 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 several things that there's several things that we've got to get better at, and we know that, and and we're hungry to do so because we just we feel like we're on our way to being really really good, and we don't feel like we've necessarily played you know as good as we can as a unit yet. Coach, we appreciate the time, man. I know it's a busy time of year, and uh, thanks so much for taking a minute for us. Interesting stuff. We appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you having me. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. It's wild right now. Inflation is it's persistent too. It's not like it was just you know last twenty twenty one. You kept hearing the term transitory inflation, yeah. and it wasn't even like it is in today. Like this this in the last six months, it's not, it wasn't even close. It was like four to five percent, eight nine percent inflation. It's pretty wild. And the last reading was interesting too because gas prices had actually come down, so that wasn't that wasn't so much of it. But mostly right now, what it is, and actually auto car costs have come down too. So that's one. Usually, the biggest source of inflation is fuel prices and the cost of cars and both of the, both of those last month actually retreated and our number was still really high and so right now it's just simply the cost of food and some yeah. you know other goods but so to cult to your point Coulter if you that's the importance of maintaining the habits for the money to go strategically strategically to places that are going to behoove you first because it just limits how much money you have to spend on stuff and right. in today's world it is so easy you know financial technology is awesome but it also makes it really easy to, to take out the card spend you know oh, yeah. whatever 20 bucks on this that or the other thing which are all good things buying your coffee in the morning none of those are bad things but the more that uh, it's in today's world with inflation the way it is and the headwinds that we see in the economy uh cash is going to be king and so the more that we can just protect our pocketbook right now the better our clients are going to be positioned moving into 2023 which is you know, you're starting to see, again, I was actually laughing with the client earlier this morning. You know, you listen to 10 different economists and 10 different, or five will say that the we're at the bottom of the market. Five will say we're, we're 10 or 15, you know, percentage points from the bottom of the market or more. So who knows? Nobody has a crystal ball, but there certainly is headwinds coming down the pike. 
So in, in different parts of the country, the real estate market is, has fallen by 20 to 30%. Uh, we're in a little bit of a, a bubble here. In, or I shouldn't say bubble. We're, ins, we're always insulated slightly in Montana or at least 12 to 18 months behind the curve on those sorts of, uh, those sorts of movements. So we'll feel it. I still see a ton of building going on. I still see a ton of contractors extremely busy. People are still busy spending money here in Montana. But in general, as we move into 2023, cash is going to be king. So the more and more our clients and our people can protect their pocketbook and just be diligent about where money's going first in terms of savings and earnings. And, uh, you know, if it's real estate or if it's savings account or if it's investment accounts, if those places get the attention first, then it just limits where dollars can go elsewhere. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. Town- 